Hey there, boys and girls. It's Ralph Garman, and you're listening to Talking Codswallop. Good choice. Hello, everybody. This is Ming Chen from AMC's Comic Book Man. You might know me from the Tell Him Steve Day podcast and the I Sell Comics podcast. Listen, I love podcasting. I love talking, but what I really love doing is talking codswallop. Hey, I'm Alicia Witt. I'm Daniel Portman from Game of Thrones. I play Podrick Payne. I'm Ellipses, and you're listening to the talking... Okay, I'm Mark Bernard, and you're listening to the Talking Codswallop podcast. Hey, man, it's Kevin Smith. Silent Bob, whose voice you were never used to hearing in the 90s until I started opening it up, man. And that's because I'm a podcaster and you're listening to a podcast. Talking Cod Swallow, right here, man. Welcome to this week's Talking Cards Wallop. I am Gemma. With me today, I have got a fantastic singer, and she's in a band called Death in Gloria. And I found about, oh, sorry, start that again. I found out about her via a mutual friend or a friend in real life for me, but a virtual friend for her, um, which is the Dr. Squee from the Dr. Squee show who was on last week. And uh, yeah, I just heard her tracks and I wanted to get her onto the show. So please welcome to the show, Galena Rin from Death and Gloria. Hello, how you doing? Hello. Oh, you're buzzing. You're buzzing again. Why are you buzzing? Right. So this is just, this is not my studio mic. This is, I didn't do anything um, to change anything. I don't know what went on there. Can you, is this better? Yeah, actually, you're coming through even clearer now. So. All right. Well, I'll just do that. Well, that's not my studio mic anymore. That's just the MacBook. Oh, um, I heard that. <laughs> Pardon you. It, it was a chair. It was the chair. It was the chair. <laughs> I might have to leave that bit in if that's all right, just as the joke. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I, I bought this chair off, an, off a performer, um, you know, and they, they said they'd spent like 60 quid on it and they didn't, it wasn't suitable for them. So they were selling off cheap. Yeah. Uh, and then I got it, I, I picked it up. You know, and then by the time you've gone all the way to their house and you've kind of like knocked on their door and given them some money and you see the chair and you're like, oh, this chair's a piece of crap. Uh, <laughs> you're just like, I have to take it. I have to take it off their hands. Don't know. You're not going to stand there and go, oh, this is crap. So I've got this crap chair that makes a lot of noise. But, you know, once you get settled into it, it's, it's all right. It's, it's all right. I, I needed a small chair anyway. You know, yeah. for my little tiny studio. So it's oh. just noisy, that's all. Yeah. Well, that's all right. We can live with a bit of a uh, creaky chair. It's all creaky good. chair. <laughs> it creates a little bit of ambiance, doesn't it? <laughs> sure. And sure. I, yeah. And I've got one of my windows open because I'm feeling a bit warm. So, you know, there might be background noise on my side as well. So it's, you know, it's like a little game for the listeners. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> exactly so obviously welcome to the show i know you know we've done the little welcome there but you know it's uh it's a real honor to have you on and i've been listening to you singing for the last couple of weeks because you're obviously preparing um preparing sorry for this recording 
So yeah, you, you're putting me to shame. I love sing. I love singing. I don't. Yeah, I can't sing nearly as good as you. But um, yeah, the the um, well, our listeners are called salty tadpoles because uh, you know <laughs> it's inappropriate. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So I quite often like sing on the show or whatever. But yeah, nowhere near as good. So. I just wondered, um, you know, like if you could sort of tell us where it all began for you. Um, I've always wanted to be in a band. I've always, just always. Um, I, th- I think I started, My, pa- I guess my parents, my mum was a folk singer. Let's just start there. Let's just start at the beginning, shall we? Yeah. My mum was, fo- was a folk singer. Not not anything big, but just did it for fun. And I have an aunt and uncle who are folk singers in Edinburgh. And my dad used to be, in a, used to be a drummer. And his band supported Jimi Hendrix when he played Belfast. Amazing. Uh, way back when. Yeah. Um, so there's, I guess there's a little bit of music in the family, but nobody's like a, a like it was always just a hobby for everybody. Yeah. So um, a lot, there was a lot of singing, um, folk stuff and when we were kids and all that kind of stuff. So I learned to play guitar reasonably young at nine years old. And then I foolishly give it up to play netball because nobody I knew played guitar and everyone I knew you played netball so <laughs> I foolishly started playing netball uh, and then didn't take up the guitar again until the end of high school and then I didn't really take it seriously you know I just I wanted to play and sing and I was I've always been more of a singer I guess than a, a, like anything technical or, or or you know guitarist or anything so I just wanted to sing but um, never find a group of people to sing with. So I've just been kind of starting my own bands. I also have no like real, I have no real belief in my own musical ability. So I don't really like to jam with people. Yeah. You know, I, I find it very, I also find it very difficult to sing in a, in a small room with a few people. Like I find it very embarrassing to sing in a room in front of you know, I couldn't sing at a party or something if there was only like three people at dinner party or something. That I couldn't do that. But if everyone, if there was a full room of drunk people, then I could probably do that. All right. Yeah. You know, the 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 more stage like it becomes, the easier it is for me to perform. I suppose as as well that you can't see the people's faces as well if there's more people there because they all blur into one, don't they? Yeah, you don't have to look anyone in the eye. I guess if I have to look people in the eye, it gets a bit weird, I suppose. Uh, So yeah, so then I did all, you know, you're told as a kid, you can't, musician and being in a band is not a job. It's not a job. Mm, yeah. It's not, it's not a career, is it? Is it? So I basically <laughs> started it off doing all my career things around being in a band. So, you know, I did stage management and event management and I backline teched for bands and I did my degree in live production, music business live production and stuff like that. Um, and I've just worked around bands or in the environment of bands forever and then I decided I wanted to be in the band and I went to looking for musicians when I moved to London and I've been through five bass players and 12 drummers Uh, and uh, for one reason or another it just didn't happen for me so uh, I just decided to do it alone so I just designed everything to be done alone I I toured for four years alone um, which is me I sound like a full rock band on stage but it's just me and the projector screen and my guitar 
Um, and then on this last album, this album that we just released, we I brought in some session guys to come and help. And I've got a songwriting partner who helped out on a couple of tracks on this new album. Um, and now I'm just kind of in the in the position of do I you know really push to have a full band. And then we'll have to rely on other people's time scales and other people's commitments and stuff like that. Or do I just push ahead as myself, you know, and just because then I'm, a, I'm responsible for my own time and um, my own diary as such, yeah. you know. It's difficult because like being it, I, I always wanted to be in a band. I always want a drummer and a bass player and I want to tour as a uh, live band. But, you know, is it really gonna make i mean is it viable financially to do that when i could just tour on my own maybe hire like a sound engineer or something to come out with me so i'm not completely alone but then that sound engineer could change i don't need to have the same sound engineer all the time if you know our timetables didn't you basically find me on a very contemplative day i've been thinking about this all day i'm like uh have i wasted my life not being in a band just because other people said being in a band was not a job (laughs) i don't know because yeah i can i can definitely see it from your point of view because like you said you haven't got to worry about anybody else's schedule or time if you're just doing it on your own there's the other side of it as well from a monetary point of view that all proceeds go to yourself you know obviously you know in this case you've um with the latest album you've had involvement with a drummer and a bass player so i assume obviously they'll get a cut or whatever but you know it's um you know it is it is a tricky tricky situation but whatever you're doing you're doing right so Uh, you know you'll make the right decision yeah, so. I think if if you could have three people all working together for the, for the common cause of the business side, then yeah. I think it would probably be viable. But the fact that you know other people perhaps aren't giving a hundred percent, you know, because the people have other lives. I'm not saying they don't. You know, I don't have yeah. kids. You know, I purposely have have created my life so do I so I can do whatever I want musically. And you know, other people have other bands. Like drummers always have other bands. Like you never have it's always other bands. Yeah. Uh and then uh, you know, my bass player has two kids, you know, so like that you know, I can't expect people to be like, oh yeah, hundred percent this. Oh yeah. The way I am. Yeah, because like little Timmy or whatever could, you know, obviously I don't know the children's names, but, you know, could develop a cold or a sickness bug. And, you know, like, and yeah, I know what you mean, because obviously with children, they get bugs all the time. So I I also haven't got children. So, you know, you can tell from that that I really, uh, yeah, I don't really care but you know, i do care <laughs> sorry that's awful <laughs> i don't know really i don't care. care either no i don't care either <laughs> yeah. um so yeah i mean i just want to i'm at the stage where i've done all these jobs in the past and i've done them all you know like some a yeah. lot of like when i was a kid i hung out with nothing but musicians like when i was in my teens early 20s everybody i knew were musicians my boyfriends were in bands all this stuff you know and out of all of those guys, I think I have two of those friends who are in a band now, a successful band now. Out of all of the people I knew back then, two people are in a successful band. And actually, they're both in the same successful band. Okay. You know, so it's like people, You, if you do, if you do bands early, then most people get sick of it and move on. Whereas yeah. I've done it the opposite way around. I've, you know 
done. I'm not. I'm not saying I've made my money. That's not true. I've made zero money in my crap jobs. Uh, but I now I know that I want to do music the rest of my life. You know, I want to retire doing music or some or you know the creative death and gloria, which isn't just music. It's comics and animation and all sorts of stuff. Um, yes. And that's just where I think where I am. So I'm just kind of a crossroads now. It's like, do we have a band? Do I not? Do I just do it myself? Do I just do it myself? I probably will. I think I'll just make a decision now. I'll just do it myself. And when I get a, a, a gig that warrants having the band out with me, then we'll we'll get the band in. Yeah, worry okay. about that. Worry about that when it sort of comes. But I think that's probably a good idea, to be honest. Go out on your own. See if you can do it on your own. If not, then you can um, see about getting a band at the other date. Yeah, I know. I know I can do it on my own. I've done it for the last four years on my own. Yeah. So exactly. I've toured. I've toured in 2019. I toured the UK and Ireland um, for a month in August, and I played Boomtown Fair, which is a big festival, uh, Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and the uh, uh, World Sci-Fi Convention in Dublin. Oh. And the, and then a bunch of little shows around, you know, in between all of that. So it, I do do it alone. I have done alone. Yeah, I've got I've got everything set up to do it alone. I should just continue, to be honest. Yes, I think so. <laughs> right, that's it. Made the decision. Right, we don't need to carry on with the podcast. Twelve minutes in, we've solved yep. your problems. Done. <laughs> World put to rights. Right there. There you go. Yeah, thank God for that. Right, it's been lovely having you on. <laughs> uh, we haven't even discussed what the band is. You know, I, oh, I'm just right. <laughs> literally just opened up into an existential crisis of uh, of myself. There, you know. So well, I'm so, sorry about that. No, absolutely not. No, this is. This podcast is called Talking Cod's Wallet for a reason. So you've just uh, had, you know, you've had your first experience of what the real show's like. So that's good. <laughs> Noise. <laughs> exactly. So in that case, then maybe we should find out. Um, well, first of all, where did the name Death and Gloria come from? And what and what is it as well? Because obviously, you know, you touched upon other things. Yeah. So basically, the con- it's a it's a concept band. So some bands, you know. They just do the songs that come up, come to them, and the the whole band itself is not doesn't relate. I mean, it, like, albums might relate to each other or whatever, but the there there is one. There's an outstanding concept for Death and Gloria, and that is essentially that we are we. I am telling <laughs> <laughs> the the glorious ways in which humanity can wipe itself out. Okay. So yeah. that's where death and gloria comes from because um in a lot of languages, world languages, the the parts of sentences are turned round. So in theory it should be in glorious death of humanity, but I changed it because it sounds a little better in Latin. Death and gloria. Yeah. So that's where the name comes from. It sounds a little bit more metal as well, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I think it, the name probably sounds a lot more metal than the music is. I think, but that that's fine too. So, um, as yeah, so I tell, sto- I tell sci-fi stories about the end of humanity. Um, and each album is its own sci-fi story from start to finish. So we don't really carry on any characters or storyline between albums. Um, each album is probably going to be a mini album. I don't really think anyone needs a full fourteen-song album for one of my stories at this point. So we'll probably just keep with mini albums. Our first album was seven songs and the second album is five songs. Yeah. But um, 
the comic book has got bigger on the second album. So it comes with a comic book. It also I animate those comic books um, into the music videos. So if you get a comic book, you can scan the QR code and it will that page comes to life on your phone and you can listen to the music and you can see the animation oh, that cool. I probably learned to do five seconds before that video was uh, released to be fair yeah uh, but you then, still learnt it so that's the main thing well that's yeah. it isn't it um, yeah. and uh, yeah all yeah so the uh, every story ends with the humanity dying out completely there isn't <laughs> anyone left alive or completely wiped out and um, it's it's usually the it's always going to be humanity's fault because why we explore like different crazy ways in which humanity can bring itself to an end um, but sometimes there are outside influences that maybe aren't aren't really aren't there to destroy us, but we perceive them to be yeah. there to destroy us. So we destroy ourselves most of the time. Yeah. Well, it's basically a prediction of what's going to happen in the future. Then in both your albums. Uh, yeah. So on the first album, I I which was released in two thousand seventeen. Yeah. I uh, destroyed humanity with a miseries virus, which was a purposely designed virus that was allowed out onto the population and it made everyone very very sad to the point that they killed themselves um and everyone around them so i don't know if you, you ever remember that game lemmings i've heard of it but i never played it myself so oh, okay well there's a little lemming that's a suicide lemming and it will blow itself up and take some lemmings with it um and or you know maybe if anyone out there uh watched Red Dwarf and the yep. Suicide Squid. That's exactly where I got the idea from, is uh. Red Dwarf Suicide Squid <laughs> episode. Um, and the Inquisitor, I think, is also a little bit of it as well. But um, yeah, so in the first album, uh, humanity gets destroyed by a miseries virus, um, or at least the perception of it. And then, um, so I hope I'm, I can't read the future because that does actually, that kind of almost happened, you know, didn't it? It did, sort of, yeah. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then this new album is about a, a guy, he works in an office and he's very much disconnected from humanity and through um, a series of minor admin errors, he accidentally destroys the world by letting off all the nuclear warheads. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I have kind of grasped that from the, um, you know, from the songs and from the title. But I think also, you know, the, the album is based about my life as well, because that is the kind of job that I do. So <laughs> not not actually with nuclear uh, weapons, but, you know, I'm an administrator. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, when I, one of my jobs was working as a civil servant for 10 years, because um, I under the misguided thought that I needed a, if I worked part time, if I worked a full time job, I could afford to gig at the weekends, and that just mm. didn't work out for me either. Um, so I worked uh, ma managing the diaries of judges and magistrates and family courts in London for oh, ten okay. years, and got a couple of departments, managed a couple of departments, and it, it was I've taken characters out of that, and I've taken admin errors straight out of that job, and put them into this into this story. Um, and like and exploded then, it a little bit further, sort of, of thing. course. Yeah, yeah, you you have to you have to expand it all. You have to like magnify it through science fiction, don't you? And then just make it a bigger story. Um, yeah, uh, and I think the working title of this album was Death by Admin. And then when I told people my next album, you know, the working title is Death by Admin. And they were like, oh, well, that's, that's, that sounds like a great title. So I just kept it. Yeah. So I think going forward, everything will be Death and Glory at two, three, four, five. 
That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds good. Or death by admin again. (laughs) No, we have to kill them with other things. So the next, number three is death by art. Ah, Um, But we we won't go into that just yet, but it is in development already. Um, We're going to... Uh, develop story a bigger story a bigger comic book try and get to like graphic novels and stuff like that yeah yeah that would be fantastic so are you the um the person who does all the artwork then no 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 there's a lot of i do a lot of this stuff myself but i cannot draw okay so uh, no so there's a really amazing artist called sylvia fear and she's the she's brazilian and she's awesome. And she's the one who draws the second comic. The first comic was drawn by Nigel Dobbin, who uh, was the official Sonic the Hedgehog comic illustrator. And oh. he did a lot of stuff for Doctor Who. And he did 2000 AD and Judge Dredd and just everything. Um, but he unfortunately died of a heart attack while oh. drawing the second comic. Well, I mean, that's a bit, you know, that's a bit inconsiderate, isn't it? <laughs> Obviously, that's a joke. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not going to comment on that. But no, yes, let's move, yeah. let's move forward from there. Uh, <laughs> no, yes. obviously. Yeah, I didn't mean that really. So, no. um, yeah. So the reason the comics came about in the first place is because I knew I was going to be on loan. I mean, this, being a solo performer i needed something on stage with me so uh i thought i'll have to project something so what will i project well i could just make i could just get stock footage or whatever and make little films that would be kind of crap so um i thought we'll do animation because that'll be easy won't it you know animation's easy and cheap i was (laughs) wrong about that it's neither cheap nor easy uh, and then because my mum used to write for 2000 AD in the late 80s and Nigel was her illustrator when she wrote for the co- the magazine that has Judge Dredd in it. Yep. Um, so we got that, we got them back together again and I wrote the story and my mum helped me write the script um, because writing a script is an artwork in itself. It's a, yeah. you know, it's a skill in itself, I should say. And then that gets translated by the artist. And if you allow all these people to have a little bit of input, like the story gets really evolved. Yes. Yeah. So um, when Nigel died, I was basically looking for someone who could draw like Nigel. Um, you know, and we're talking about someone who has... 40 years of illustration, comic illustration experience. And oh, yeah, absolutely. How, how do you find someone who can match that? And um, I auditioned a bunch of uh, illustrators, and Sylvia was actually the only person who did any of the work. Oh, I, okay. I, I think I, I must have like gone through 30 or 40 illustrator auditions, um, and she was the only one who did the brief on time. Uh to any standard I mean no one was even close to her um, and it's not the same illustration as the first but it's very as the first comic but it's very close you know it's very it's very close it's yeah very close I suppose in a way they're, they're always going to have their own sort of input you know of their own character but yeah I mean that's I mean that, firstly it's uh, awful you know that uh, nobody actually did the brief and nobody sent it back in time apart from <laughs> one person but I suppose in a way it made it life easier for you that you could actually just, you knew which one you were going to pick. Yeah. And the really great thing about, I, the thing when you use freelancers, it's, you know, I think there's, you ha- it's communication. A lot of time people don't communicate very well. And that to me will cost them a job 
the second they, they don't answer something in a timely manner. I'm not saying you have to answer stuff right away. You know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not crazy. I'm demanding, but I'm not crazy. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I do expect, you know, something back from people in like two or three days. Just acknowledge, you know, I think it's because in the civil service, you have to acknowledge every email. Yes. You know, you don't leave an email, not with a, okay, I've received this, I'll come back to you. But in freelancer world, you know, they've never been taught that it's actually really rude to leave people hanging, I think. So, and folks are busy, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know, like I said earlier, with the admin background and stuff like that, I know that, you know, you know, with regards to like the telephone, you need to kind of ring, um, pick it up after like three to five rings at the very most, you know, kind mm. of thing. Or, you know, you need to respond to emails just to confirm that you've received the order, because I'm an order processor. Okay. So received the order or, you know, that somebody's looking into their inquiry or whatever, you know. So I, I definitely get that. Um, and it does irritate me that my colleagues, some of my colleagues don't do it. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. So uh, when I've worked with any, anybody, anybody at all, if they don't, if they're not good at communication, I can't work with them because it drives, I get so anxious and I get so stressed <clears throat> in my own head. You know, I always think people hate me <laughs> for some reason, you know, I'm always like, oh, they're going to, it's kind of like the fear of being dumped. Yeah. But but it comes with not, it's not a romantic relationship. It's just like this person doesn't want to work with me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I can't, I, can't, I personally cannot work with people who can't answer things quickly. So I just, you know, I just move on. I just stop. I just like dump, not dump that person because they dump me. But, um, you know, just have to move on. And then sometimes they come back like two weeks later going, oh, yeah, I do want this job. And I'm like, you're too late. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't wait for two weeks for you to say whether you want the job or not. I mean, I'm paying you. It's, you know, it's it's a weird, it's a weird one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. If they want the job that badly, they need to jump on board and actually get their ass into gear, don't they? Yeah. So, um, so the freelancers I work with now are all great. Their communication is fantastic. Both my, both my illustrator and uh, my mix master engineer who's jamie king who is in america and he is the producer for a band called between the buried and me um, oh, yeah. and, his, and his communication's amazing like he's a world-renowned producer and he's still able to answer an email within whatever you know a short period of time so you know uh so that's good so i, I have a little team uh, my bass player my drummer uh, and we have a, a an old uh, an old friend of mine, a long time friend of mine, I should say. She's not old, <laughs> maybe she is. The same age as me. Uh, and she help. She's our manager, and she helps with all the admin and all oh, the massive amount of admin. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, well, that is great. And also, you still working with your mum with regards to the comics, like writing them or. Yeah, so my mum does the scripts when I've written the comics. So ah, okay. She's done these two, and um, I think I'm actually going to work with another writer to create the story to because the next number three is going to be quite large. So um, I'm working with another writer because I think we're going to try and do like a mini novel or something like that, and then my mum will get involved again when we script it for the comic. So she doesn't get involved until quite late on in the process. In the story process, I yeah, say. yeah, oh, that, 
but that's um i mean that's obviously amazing that you get to work with your mum because that's you know creating memories and stuff sorry i've got a a plane or a not a plane a helicopter going across at the moment sorry, <laughs> i can barely hear it oh okay well that's all right then hopefully it's not being picked up on but no it's a really nice to you know be able to sort of work with your mum you know create sort of family memories that way as well doesn't it yeah and it's it's a really weird one because like my parents uh, were big sci-fi people when I was a kid and our house was always filled with comic books and you know all sorts of stuff and I think when I was a kid I just didn't appreciate it um, and you know my mum used to talk on comic con panels and oh, wow. I would go I would, I would go with her when I was a very small child and just hang out in the panel rooms and you know I, I, you just don't I just didn't appreciate it at all and then you know you run away I, like my parents are still in Northern Ireland and I ran away to London and uh, and then only like years later I'm coming back to my mum going can we just start doing sci-fi comics now you know yeah. it, it's weird like you don't you don't appreciate it when you're in the middle of it all and then you have to run away from it to come back to it and I'm really happy that my mum and I have projects that we can work on together and you know, because otherwise we'd be it'd be very two separate lives, really. Um, you know, I do. We were we saw her, we went up to hang out with her up in Scotland in August, like two a week ago, two weeks ago. So we're only just back from from hanging out, um, from going up and visiting her. So it's nice. It's, yeah, it's really it's really nice, especially when you get older, to be able to go back and do stuff with your parents that you'd never thought you were gonna do. You know, most yeah. people would like. I'm not doing anything business with my parents. Who'd do that? <laughs> never work with your family. But it's actually nice because my mom's got skills that I don't have and that I need, you know, and I've got skills that she doesn't have that I, that we need for this project. So it's a good balance. It's a, it's And it's really nice to work. It's fun to work with each other as well. Yeah. Oh, that is honestly, that's, you know, that is really, really nice. You know, it's so, yeah, I just, I really just think it is lovely if, um, you know, two generations of uh the same family you know can kind of or, or more of course can get together and work on a project even if it's just a couple of times you know it's, it's yeah. nice it's nice yeah so you're london based right now then are you uh yeah 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 um i've been i've actually the september i will have been in england as long as i lived in northern ireland so what does, does that mean i'm not northern irish anymore i don't know <laughs> i don't know because if we lived in america you would be irish english american wouldn't you so <laughs> i wouldn't be english love let's just get that straight i wouldn't be english <laughs> all right then <laughs> because because yeah, I'm good. a I'm a Londoner, so therefore uh, you don't you don't really I don't think many Londoners count themselves as <laughs> English if unless they're English. Of course, you could be London English, but I'd be London Irish, wouldn't I? So you would be. So in that case, then I apologise. You can be London Irish <laughs> or Irish London, whichever you prefer. <laughs> I, just, I think just Londoner. I, th- I maybe I'm just crazy, but when when anybody puts any d- defining thing in front of them that that makes them different to everyone else. Yeah. It, I mean, I, I'd never say that I was, I would just consider myself British, I guess. I wouldn't say I was like Northern Irish British or something, because the more li- labels you put in, the yeah. less we're connected together. So I guess we're just British, aren't we? Where does British love? That's it. Yeah. Well, I'm British. Uh, Brit- I can't say I've got a lisp, but um, <laughs> it's really handy. I'm British too. So it's, uh, yeah, because I'm half Welsh, half English. So it's kind of, you know, um, but 
yeah, I mean, you are right. You know, why why put a label on things? There's enough labels in the world, isn't there? You know, bean can and <laughs> bean can. <laughs> well, I just thought, you know, I'd use a random label. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, nice. I do like I do like hand picked beans, I have to say. Yeah. I'm not I do a fan too. I'm not a fan of other beans. Like I don't like cheap store beans. No. No, I'm not a fan either. And also I'm diabetic as well. So, um, but the only exception to that is that, you know, with regards to, obviously there's the reduced sugar Heinz beans. And I love the fact that I've changed the subject to beans now. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, they, and just quickly, uh, the reduced sugar ones, they're absolutely gross. Don't do it. Just uh, have normal. <laughs> but I don't, the thing is with my beans, it's not the sugar that I'm worried about, it's the salt. Yeah. There's a lot of salt in beans. I suppose there's a lot of sugar too. I don't actually mind the no sugar beans. I mean, I have them here too. Uh, I, I'm not. I, I'm not against them. I'm not that. Fo- I'm not against them. I'm not against a sugarless bean. <laughs> as long as it's a Heinz bean, I'm fine. I'm sure other beans are. Anyone out there? Other beans are available. <laughs> yeah. so they're just not as good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told you this episode could get random. So <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Well, as we're talking about labels and we're talking about beans. The um, I noticed on your Facebook page that you have um, joined up with a hot sauce company. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> um, Rockadoodle Do Belfast is yeah. a company run by a friend of mine, and I've known him for for years, for years. So I have, um, <laughs> and he became a fa- he's a big fan of the band. Um, I did a house concert on that. I told you I was touring in 2019 for a yep. month and I did a house concert and he was literally the only one that came. So uh, so he, I played a show to him alone, basically, uh, which was which was interesting. Anyway, uh, and then I was like, well, I really love hot sauce. I love hot sauce. Um, and he does. He did a really nice one that was like called White Skull and it was garlic and it was super hot and it was white sauce. And I really wanted um, like the Death and Gloria sauce to be the white one. But he said, he was like, don't do a hot sauce that isn't red. No one will buy it. I'm like, are you serious? He was like, yeah, no one, no one buys any hot. You need to. It's like green. It's like ketchup that's green. You wouldn't buy green mm. ketchup, would you? You would be just like, I'm not eating that. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely color association. You're like, yeah, what? yes. <laughs> so, um, I I was like, well, can we do a hot sauce? And he was like, yeah, let's do a hot sauce. And he does hot sauces for other bands as well. So he's in negotiation, I think, with a couple of rock, uh, big metal bands, but I uh, can't name them. But he has already done a, a hot sauce for Snow Patrol. Oh, which is a reasonably large band. Yeah, although I wouldn't have put Snow Patrol and Hot Sauce together. You know, I don't know. It's just because they're, uh, you know, well, first of all, because it says snow in there. Um, Yeah. 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 (laughs) But yeah. I think they did a charity one, though. I think, like, Snow Patrol don't take money from it or whatever, and it's ah. charity-based or there's something along those lines. Anyway, it's it's basically a friend of mine called Dave who does hot sauce, and it's a, you know, it's a small company. It's, I think it's just him. I think, I think it's just him. I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of his business dealings, I have to say, but um, <laughs> it's a small business, and uh, it's, an, it's a British business, and, you know, it's, you know, 
teaming up. It's been good. It's good. It's it's good. It, there's a lot of interest actually. You know, when I say I've got an album out, people are like, oh, I've got an album out. I say I've got my own hot sauce, and they're like, what? What? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and I'm like, really? That's that's what floats your boat. All right. So the the I don't know. The sauce itself is a barbecue sauce. It is not super super hot, even though it's called. We use it as a weapon. Um, it is it is a, a mid range heat, I believe. Um, and I've completely forgotten what what else is in it. Uh, and there's a really nice spiel that I've forgotten about. I don't have it in front of me about what's in it. But um, it's on sale now, is what I can tell you. And there's a specific link that you have to use, which I will, I'll will give to you to put in your show notes. Yes. Yeah, that would be brilliant. Yeah, I'll definitely um, add them. Yeah, because then uh, he knows that I sent you, basically. He knows I sent you! <laughs> I, mean, I think it's cheap. It's pretty cheap, actually. It's really like six quid. Uh, I thought I think that's pretty cheap for I a do. bottle of awesome because um, I'm a big ramen eater like okay. huge ramen eater I eat noodles and like ramen noodles until you know my eyes pop out my head I could just eat noodles all. I could just be in a bath of noodles and you know what let's just get those Heinz beans and noodles no that doesn't work that's too much pasta um, that's just too much beans and noodles no I mean you could have rice noodles would that work? No. I, th- no. I just think I like my beans with chips and that's it. <laughs> well, you can have beans and chips in a bath. <laughs> <laughs> I could. But I think I'd rather have a ramen noodle bath, in fairness. I mean, I love I love ramen noodles. You know, when I, I, I'm working, uh, we're doing some festivals, um, just like working, yeah, because that's my day job, is doing creative work in festivals and whatever. Yeah. And I, I'm, the, I'm the loon that brings chopsticks to a festival. I'm like... Why would you not bring chopsticks? Unless you need to cut something, chopsticks do it all, and then you just slurp it out of the bowl. I mean, what? I mean, what do you need a fork and a spoon for? <laughs> well, I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand at all. Well, I mean, some unfortunately, some of us are incapable of actually using chopsticks. Well, I can, but um, to a to a point. Yeah, <laughs> you can get those kids ones that yeah, like, like they close for you. Or they yeah. open up for you. I'd probably be quite good at those ones because I remember going on a trip to Germany and we went to a, a Chinese restaurant and I actually did have some of those ones. So, you know, the the children's ones. But uh, yeah, and I think I was quite successful, but I, I also was fairly young, so I can't remember if I actually did ask for a spoon in the end. <laughs> um, I also think that I used to work for a Chinese uh, restaurant years ago like in high school like in Northern Ireland and the key is like British people will use chopsticks on a plate and keep the plate on the on the table yeah and that's not how people with chop cultures that use chopsticks eat with chopsticks you get a little rice bowl and you put a little bit of food in your bowl and you bring your food to your mouth and then you use the chopsticks at that sort of distance that's Uh where everyone always falls apart I I think we use chopsticks to at too big a distance, too large a distance for chopsticks. That does make sense as to why it's only ever one grain of rice that I ever get on a chopstick. Yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it for sure. <laughs> I mean, I do need to lose some weight, but you know. <laughs> well, that's another thing. Like a lot of Asian cultures are very skinny, aren't they? And, and you know, is it because they eat a lot of fish and rice? Could be, but is Could it be. because? chopsticks take a long time to eat get food into your mouth so you you know the you let more you get less you get through the more your body knows it's full you know that the 20 minute 
Have you heard that? That 20 minute yeah. thing? I'm the same boat. I mean, I need to, I need to lose this lockdown load. Lockdown load. <laughs> That's what I'm calling it. There go. So yeah, eat everything, eat everything, including cereal and soup and chopsticks and you'll soon be skinny. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I might actually give it a go and see how far I go. <laughs> yeah, before you give up, just like ah, stuff it. I'll just I'll just dip it in my <clears throat> mouth. <laughs> just pour it in. Yeah. Pour it in, love. <laughs> oh, I just want to eat noodles now. I know I kind of do as well. And um, yeah, it was a bit like um, the other day I was at, uh, well, we were at kind of a semi-posh do with my mum and myself and a few other people that I didn't know at all. But that doesn't ever stop me from opening my mouth and saying stuff. But uh, (laughs) why not? Exactly. That's who I am. And uh, yeah, so my my mum had pims. And there was, you know, obviously the fruit and stuff. And she's like, how do I eat this? And I said, oh, you just drink all the liquid and then just tip it up and put it in your mouth. (laughs) All these people are like, oh, really? That's not how we do it. This is a fork. (laughs) What? Do posh people even eat the fruit? I feel like posh people wouldn't even bother. Like the fruit would be below them by the time it gets to the bottom of the glass. (laughs) Probably. Probably. But, you know, you and I know that's where the good alcohol is. Yes. Like that, it's been absorbed by that point. So. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And who's got time? Well, I mean, I did use the, you know, you use the fork to scrape all the food into your mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah my mum's honestly says, I just can't take you anywhere. And I'm like, yeah, you can. You just have to mask, you know, <laughs> just <laughs> mask you up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of sounds like something my mum would say too. Yeah. <laughs> but, bless her you know so but i don't think she was really that embarrassed she she knows what i'm like so Ah, it's all good that's good yeah exactly so um so going back to death and glory as well what's your because you've done a lot of things with comic cons obviously that's um i assume with the the actual comic book version but have you done what 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 involvement have you actually had with the Comic Cons, I think, is probably the easier way to actually cover that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I play them. We play them as a band. So oh, um, cool. we did two with the full band in July. We did uh, uh, Liverpool Anime and Gaming Con, <clears throat> and then in at the end of July we did London Anime and Gaming Con. So basically, mm. there's a group called um, uh, Anime League. And they do a whole heap of shows up and down the country uh, in pretty much all the cities. So we're, we, we are in with them and we just do shows for them at the moment. They are the ones who are booking us. I mean, Comic cons aren't, aren't banned things. You know, they're not shows that a lot of bands will play. But, uh, yeah. Well, they're not set up for bands. They're not, they don't really care about bands. I'll be honest. They want, you know, they want the voice actors. It's a different. It's it's a yeah. different place, but but I do do the cons, and I do have a lot of we do have a lot of fun, and you know we sell our comics and and stuff like that at the cons, um, and it's really yeah, it's kind of a like a luck shoot on whether you get an audience or not because it really depends on what else is happening what time of the day it is. We tend to get put on last, you know, as a headline. But yeah. then most of the families have gone by that point, you know, so I'm kind of like, maybe we should try and push to be a bit earlier in the day so we can get more families. But uh, but then the content, 
It's like I do a comic book and everything's animated and I don't curse and we don't use bad language and, yeah. you know, as as rock and heavy metal uh, – we're not heavy metal, but as metal stuff go, it's not – it's it's quite poppy and it's accessible. But a lot of the context, you know, the the stuff that's in the comics and is a bit – it's not – is it PG? I'm not entirely sure. You know, in the first album, we talk a lot about suicide. So um, that's obviously not a PG subject. You no. know, there's there's some animated blood and gore, but it's not horrendous, I don't think. It's not over the top, I don't think. And then this this one, I think kids would probably wouldn't like this comic because it's about a guy in an office. So, <laughs> you know, it's not it's not really for kids, you know. Yeah. All, so it's not really a family thing at all. But the fact that the music is kind of poppy and, you know, all the rest, I think, is more young people are more into that sort of side. Um, I, I did – so my first album – is about a girl who purpose who's a scientist and she purposely develops this this miseries virus with the intention of destroying humanity. Okay. And then in this new album, it is a young man who accidentally destroys humanity. And I per I, I purposely chose a male character for the second album because um well, I chose both the characters purposely because I thought more women were going to be into my music. Okay. You know, I thought more women would be into the whole concept and they're not. I mean, there are women into it, obviously, but the audience is predominantly male. So I wrote a character specifically for that audience because they had supported me, you know, through the first album and, yep. you know, Without them, there wouldn't be a second album. So I uh, thought I'll write a character for for my exact age group, which is apparently twenty five to thirty five year old dudes. So, and you know, men of that age really love women telling them what they feel. So I thought it was just about time, to be honest. You know, yeah. I just thought, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was about time a woman came on board and told them how they feel and how they see the world. That's how. That's what I thought. So uh, that's why we had this character. But I also had somebody. I told you, like my civil service job. Yep. I also had a fella off who this character is based on, who worked in that office, and he he was a really nice fella, and he just wanted to come in and do his job. He didn't want to have to go to the bar with people after work. He didn't want to have to become a manager. He didn't want to, you know, get involved in birthdays or you know all the shenanigans that happen in offices. He just wanted to come in, do his job, get paid, and leave. And he was good at his job. All you know, and so that's the character we have. He's not a terrible employee. He just doesn't want to do anything. He doesn't really want to get involved. He didn't want to socialize with people, which I totally get. Yeah. So yeah. that our character in the comic, KK, he is the same. He is based on that that person. <clears throat> um, he just wants to come and do his job. And at the beginning of the story, he's a little bit enthusiastic, and as he goes through the story, he becomes less and less involved and more disconnected and then more lonely and and so this comic goes between two storylines really the first one is his daily uh, what he's doing in his job and then the second one is he's so bored that he's daydreaming and that's where we get the songs from the songs are the daydreams about parts of his life where he disconnected himself from from everything else so one is like disconnecting from his home society and um, the other one is just the, like disconnecting from 
the zeitgeist at the time. You know, he gets yeah. in one of the songs, he gets battered quite a lot by labels. You know, he's a young white cis guy. He doesn't really understand why people are calling him cis or what that means. And people are using the term incel at him and vegans are attacking him. And he's literally just like, what? I haven't done anything. What's going on? Yeah. And and he feels he has to remove himself from the zeitgeist conversation, essentially, because he doesn't feel anyone will listen to him. So he just doesn't bother. He just silently fades into the background and just lives in the shadows going forward oh so in some ways it's actually quite sad isn't it it um, is quite i mean yeah. that's that's the point but the whole the whole thing is about lone being lonely and not fitting into any any anything you know like just not being part of any any group or whatever and there's the, especially in the civil service there are hundreds of people that are in that group, you know, I mean, thousands, I probably should say. The civil service is the biggest employer in the UK. Mm-hmm. And it, when you're creative, it's it's often difficult to remember that, that you're not, that not everyone is a creative because we surround ourselves in these echo chambers of people that are like us. So we think everyone in the world is like us, but they're actually not. And there is a ton of people who are wandering through life and people don't, say hello to them or, you know, interact with them in any way. And uh, I think a lot of them work for the civil service. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as that sounds. But it's it's weird because I've got I work, you know, I work in club events on one hand. And even when I was working in the civil service, I'd still work at club events at the at the weekend. So I always had uh, creative people around me, even if when I wasn't working with creative people day to day. And on one hand, you've got these beautiful women and they're like, I can't walk down the street without seven men speaking to me, you know, and that, and they don't like it, you know, and rightfully they shouldn't like it. I'm not saying they shouldn't. People can do whatever they want, right? You're allowed to be offended by people constantly telling you to smile. That's allowed, right? Yes. On the other hand of that, you've got a whole bunch of people that no one has ever said hello to or never said, uh, you know, you'd look better. If, you'd be you have a pretty smile or something. There's a whole rung of people who never get any attention at all, and we always focus on the people who get all the attention. You know, and the people yeah. who get all the attention get more attention because they're getting attention. Yeah, so that they that they don't want, yeah. which they don't want, <laughs> but most yeah. of the time they do. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I think most of the time people want some attention. They don't yeah. want all the attention because it gets weird and creepy. But um, I think like this particular story of death by admin is very much about the people who do not get anything, who are ignored or just not seen or anything, and it's really about what the inner workings of a person like that might be. You know, uh, and that's and we just join this person through, through the last five days of their life and everybody else's life um, as they just think about the things that made them want to disconnect from the everyone around them, basically. It sounds, basically, it sounds really sad and it's it kind of is, but the comic do- has these two layers um, and one of them is kind of tongue-in-cheek and we do make fun of the fact it's it's an admin job and he's being asked to do ridiculous admin things. Um, and then the real deep and meaningful stuff happens in the songs and the music videos. Yeah. But the music itself is not downbeat and sad. 
you know it's it's oh it's very yeah it's very upbeat and uh well, it's, it's brilliant. It really is brilliant. And I'm not just saying that because you're a guest on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably just sit here and go, mm-hmm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but no, and like I said at the very beginning as well, I really do love your voice as well. You know, you've got such a, a brilliant voice. So thank you very much. That's all right. No worries. <laughs> so like, my musical, my musical background education i guess it comes from the dance floors of metal clubs yeah so for years i didn't i don't i don't really know band names or the names of songs or the albums or anything like that because all, all the stuff i did was just dancing to stuff mm-hmm. so i just want to create music that people could dance to um and just like rock anthems or whatever so that's what I, we aim to do so the music's quite upbeat most of the time now we do have some ballads and stuff yeah, uh, but yeah, they're just uh, tunes, basically tunes. It's a tune. It's a banger. It's a banger. <laughs> yeah, give it a whirl, everybody. Um, it, you know, you kind of cater for it. You know, it's not like you said. It's it's not quite metal, but it could be classed as metal if somebody likes that kind of music. But you know, it also is rock. Um, you know, and it's you know, there's all aspects of people that you can sort of cater to is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's really <laughs> it, it's really interesting when the press releases go out and then people look at the press releases and then and then they start writing about it themselves. And it no, I don't think we've really been told we never we haven't been described as the same genre by lots of people, which is I think good. Yeah, yeah. So they've is. called us melodic metal, which I don't think we are. Um, uh, modern metal. Again, I think we also have like an eighties. We have, I think we have on. Was it we? Not purposely have an eighties twang to it. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to say. Like I think it's just because somebody once said, "Like you sound like uh, the movie, the soundtrack to like a modern." 80s themed sci-fi <laughs> <laughs> like someone who was using modern music but the it was set in the 80s the sci-fi was like set supposed to be an 80s context yeah. i can kind of get what they're saying from that as well yeah yeah um but yeah like you said but then you also want to kind of s- stick to the sort of the you know the i don't mean this is a derogative term but like the geeky kind of side and stuff like that because that's an interest of yours as well isn't it so yeah, I, I think like when we take it, uh, we, uh, we could say that we're very J rock because J rock, Japanese rock music takes every genre going. I mean, you, I mean, we're seeing the same thing with K pop, which is very big, you know, it's very yeah. big with B, BTS or whatever they're called. Yeah, I, take, I'm not familiar with those two. I, I pretty much like rock and metal. I don't listen to the radio very often. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm very, in some ways, I'm very narrow minded. But yeah, um, I am open-minded to different songs. But yeah, um, if I'm going to buy something or listen to something, it's majority of the time it's rock or metal. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So J Rock takes a lot of genres and, and mashes them together. So I think that's what we're doing as well. Uh, you know, I've got our bass player Imran is in a band called Press X, and they do like computer game music. Um, uh, cool. and it's very J-Rock influenced and they do a lot of genres into one thing as well and then our drummer is in a couple of well he's in loads of bands he's in loads of bands <laughs> um, but one of his bands is called Bolo Bolo and I think it's like a modern pop indie pop kind of rock stuff 
Okay. And I just think having like all those influences, that's why like I'm kind of like, I do want the band to be involved because those guys bring so much extra spice to what I do in the first place to yeah. make, you know, to evolve the music forward. And yeah, I think it's, I think it's, I'm back on this conundrum where we, we haven't decided anything, have we? We've <laughs> got through this whole show and now I'm like, do I, I need the band. I need a band. <laughs> Thing is, I can always work with them in the studio and just tour alone. I mean, that can happen. Well, that's what I was actually just thinking myself. Why not just, um, you know, like if you found those two guys that, you know, you work well with, um, that why not record together and as long as they don't mind the fact that you go out on the road on your own you know kind of thing <laughs> i don't know how it all works in that side of things but you know if they're if they're happy to do it and then at least you haven't got all you haven't got to sort of schedule anything again have you yeah exactly so yeah. i'll just work that out. Really. how did you how did you actually find them the the uh the bass and the the drummer um the bass player i met at a comic con Okay. So that was easy. Um, and then the drummer, uh, the drummer's the drummer's really young actually. So he's twenty one. I think he's just turned twenty two, like two days ago. So happy birthday, Luke, if you're listening. Which Aww. I'm sure you're not. Um, <laughs> and why not if you're not? Because <laughs> he's young. He's got he's got no time for this. He's got no time for it. Um, yeah. So I have a fr- uh, my manager actually runs a music charity it works for a music charity in High Wycombe and that's where I went to university and we used to live together when I lived there um, when I was at university and she had a Battle of the Bands competition Battle of the Bands yeah. and she needed like a stage manager or not yeah stage manager host I guess and I was just like yeah I'll do that I want more stage time I'll do that so uh, yeah so I did that hosting show and Luke was in one of the bands he was 17 I think at the time uh, 17 or 18 at the time and uh, he won like drummer of the year or drummer of the show or you know best drummer of the year whatever it was um, and then it, it, that's just how I, that's just how I found him basically and I was like yeah I should get him to play in my band and it took five years to get to that or three four years whatever it was well when it's right it's right Things work out when it's supposed to. Yeah, I think like he went in, he did a degree and then he's just finished his degree and he's come out and he wants to work in freelance and stuff like that. So it kind of just worked well that he was looking for some work and I was looking for some help and, you know, and it's worked out really well. And I think I might, I'll probably get him to um, mix and master the next album because I think we want to go for a more modern feel and really try and make it compete with what's being brought out now. Yeah, you know? but I don't know. No decisions are made. No decisions are made. We'll, no. just, we'll have a, we'll have a think. Sadly, we've been talking for an hour and no decision has been made. And no decision has been made. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel like I've let you down a little bit now. That's <laughs> no, fine. It's fine. It's my own fault. Uh, yeah. So, like, folks can get the get the first album for free on the website if they want it at deathandgloria.com and um, everything's we were like we're on Bandcamp. And um, website. I have to. I will. I've, do you know what? I've said this on every interview I've done recently. I'm looking for a marketing manager. I need a marketing manager. So I've got all this stuff, and I don't know how to sell it. I'll be honest. I've got all this merch. I'm coming down with merch. I'm coming down with merch ideas. I can. We can basically make whatever we want now, and I don't know how to sell it. Um. So if anyone's out there who's a marketing manager for online shops and wants a job with a rock band. 
get in contact. If anyone out there is a booking agent, I have, we have gigs. We're getting paid for gigs now. And I just want to give someone 10% to book my shows for me. It's not hard. I just need someone to do the job. Um, so if you want a job and you're a marketing manager or a booking agent, hit me up. Hit me up, yo. <laughs> that sounds like a that sounds like a good opportunity, to be honest. So I'm just gonna cough, sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll cough too. Oh synchronized coughing. <laughs> oh, oh, this is how far we've come in this hour. <laughs> I know, right? Amazing. Yeah. Um so yeah, so as you said, obviously you've got your deathingloria.com website, which I know you've just said. And um yeah, I think yeah, I think I can see good things happening for you. So uh, oh, let's let's see. Let's hope. <laughs> just remember, just remember this tiny little show when you uh, when you make it big. <laughs> I, I, I just always ask me to come back. I'll, I'm happy to chat. I mean, this is a good this is a good chat because we're not just dissecting the album over and over again. You know, yeah. I'm not saying that I hate. I don't like doing that. You know, that's that's part of it. But I, I like the fact that this is random and we've mm. gone off a wee bit. I think that's cool. I, I mean, cool. we had a conversation about beans. <laughs> yeah, but I find I think I find like this particular show to be quite therapeutic because I've I've been having a bit of a midlife crisis today. I'll be honest, you know, oh. I've just been like, what have I been doing with my life? And I met a woman today. I met a woman today who was seventy, who is seventy two, and she when she went when she was at college, she was she went to like theater college or something but she didn't want to be an actor so she became a lighting tech okay when she was at college and then when she it was like a teaching college or something <laughs> like that so when she came out of college she had a, she was offered a teaching job and she taught she taught for 50 50 years wow. she taught and then today she was like i kind of regret not being a lighting engineer you know i regret that i didn't go on tour and i didn't go and do all the things you know all the things and stuff yeah and i'm like you know what i'm i i i'm regretting life right now too you know why did i spend all that time doing all that crap when i could have been doing something better yeah but then i suppose it was the path that you needed to take just to get to where you are now didn't isn't it really that's what everyone yeah that's what, that's how you yeah. make it up to yourself isn't it yeah. the other thing was that i was really reckless as a kid uh, mm. <laughs> as a young person I mean I got I got drunk a lot I, I partied a lot I've partied a lot I've partied <laughs> across the world on tour buses and all sorts of stuff so I think if I had been a musician if I'd made it or made a go of it younger I would have probably wasted myself or been yeah. done by now you know I don't think I would I didn't take anything seriously when I was a kid and I'm only taking it seriously now and now I don't drink or you know, I don't do anything. I, I don't do anything. I have no fun <laughs> at all at any time. Well, to be fair, we have been out of practice for the last year and a half or however long it's been. So, you know, maybe just blame the pandemic. Everyone yeah. else is blaming the pandemic for other things. So, <laughs> Yeah, I was having a lot of fun during the pandemic. I'm just one of those weird ones that things... I'm sorry to say this, but I, you know, things got better slightly for me because I got a studio space and I was drunk a lot at the beginning of the pandemic. I did drink because I was like, well, I don't, I don't have anywhere to go. So I'll just drink. Yeah. Uh, and, but 
I was going to say just quickly, I know that, you know, I keep laughing at things that you're saying and obviously because I'm finding them funny, but also because I absolutely relate to everything that I've laughed at. (laughs) I'm thinking, yeah, that's me too. That's me too. (laughs) Yeah. So I started like doing live streams from the, from the day of lockdown because I work for a community Ah. live stream, uh, sorry, a community library in Crystal Palace. Uh, So the council closed the library and a charity opened it back up again. Mm Mm-hmm. And on the day of lockdown, we started live streaming. And then we, we did about 300 live streams in that year. Um, and we kind of stopped them all in when the world opened up again. But we were live streaming every day. And sometimes we were live streaming two or three times a day. You know, community things. You're like, what's the community up to today? Yeah, let's keep everyone <laughs> informed. Blah, 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 blah. And I could just be so drunk when I was doing any of that. Because I wasn't on <laughs> camera. I was just the tech behind it. And I got really drunk all the time. And, and then at Christmas, I was like, right. You're, you're, we're going to level up to the bit. We're going to level to 4.0. We're going to evolve ourselves to four, level 4.0 this year. So let's treat ourselves by not drinking anymore. So and then we'll just quit. And uh, life has been one dull ride ever since. <laughs> oh. Do you never turn off? Because when you drink, when you drink, you turn off when you drink alcohol. Yeah. yeah. And when you stop doing that, you don't you don't turn off anymore and i did uh, 10 years ago um i did quit every i did stop drinking for five years but i was still like dating going out and about and dating back then so i had to learn how to go on dates with people sober because i I just never done that you know and and that was hard and I thought it would be a lot easier to quit again because you know I'm we're basically about to get married and I'm settled oh. in I'm settled in now yeah settled in um so I don't have to worry about any of that but just like I didn't think about the relaxing bit you know I just don't ever turn off yeah I suppose yeah you need to kind of find something as a different thing that you kind of need to find as the relaxing thing you know like i know typically people would say meditation but it doesn't have to be that you know it could be just anything else that you enjoy or whatever that i, you I find, think re- find yes. relaxing sorry i think meditation is actually the answer i think i think it is because yeah. if you listen to any of the podcasts of productive people I'm not saying your podcast is not of productive people <laughs> whatever delete whatever <laughs> uh, but you know, like Tim Ferris, Tim Ferris is one that I mean, he interviews the the, the cream of the crop, basically of humanity. Uh, you know, and all of them yeah. are like, what What is the one? What is the what? He always asks, what's the tip you would give to people? And all of them are like meditation. It's free. You could do it. You're, it there's just endless benefit for something that is super cheap. There's no money, no effort. Literally sit there and don't think of anything for 10 minutes. I can't, I can't do it. I mean, I've tried, uh, but I find it very, very difficult. I just can't turn off. I cannot turn off. Because <laughs> I've tried doing it before as well. And it's kind of like, I feel a bit self-conscious as well. Like almost like somebody might walk in and think like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. This is why I can't do yoga. Because I, like I went to a Pilates class 
a while ago, right? And I'm sitting there and she's like, look at your toes. Give your toes some love. You, you, Your toes are fine. They deserve to be loved and so do you. And I'm fucking crying. Sorry for cursing. I, That's I'm, okay, you carry on. I am crying. I'm literally bawling my eyes out because my feet are too fat. And they don't, and I don't deserve any love because my feet are like two little hams on the end of a large sausage sticks. And I'm like, what? Oh. And she, the woman's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing, just leave me alone. Oh. I can't do yoga because I'm like, even at home, I'm like, I'm a big fat cow. Why am I doing yoga? What? What is going on? I look so bad. I can't bend over. What? This, <laughs> this skinny wench. You sit and watch these girls. On I mean, they're lovely. I mean, Adrienne Yoga with Adrian is the one I watch, and she's really cool. But I'm like, you're one skinny little girl, and you can bend over sideways, and I, I can't. There's too much of me in the way to touch my toes I mean yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah if you know give it a few more years because I think we're probably about the same age because I'm I'm 38 so I don't know what you, how old you are but yeah we'll say that why okay. don't we say that yeah that's fine okay cool but you know obviously give it give it quite a few more years and we'll be able to bend over and then something else will be able to touch our toes <laughs> uh, god that's just you're just making it worse I'll be honest I'm, sitting, I'm so old <laughs> no not at all We've just got to uh, laugh about these things, I think, is the most important thing. Yeah, probably. But I think I should, like, try not to be too harsh about stuff that happen- you're doing on your own. Like, yeah. why Why are we judging ourselves for being crap at sitting? Like, what, what are people going to think of us if we're sat meditating alone in a room or doing yoga alone in a room, you know? Yeah. And I get angry at myself and I just give up doing yoga because I feel I'm too fat to do yoga. Like, what is wrong with this brain? Like, ah, <laughs> You know, and it's not society. It's not. It's me. It's me. It's, in, it's the stuff inside my head. It makes no yep. sense. And, uh, you know, when you're... I've, I've recently thought when I've been dealing with these younger fellas, because my bass player's 30 mm-hmm. uh, and my drummer's 22. And, you know, the stuff that they just say, like... Uh, like my drummer is wants to, is in the music industry, but he doesn't want to work long hours, and I'm just sitting going, I who did, who could I have told when I was 22 that I do not want to work long hours in the music industry? You know what I mean, <laughs> like I work 12 hour days on my own, you know, easily. I just I don't care about going out. I don't I don't I have friends. I don't see them, but I have them. They're around somewhere. They live in I don't know where they live anymore, but they're about, um, and. I just like I wish I had their balls essentially you know like yeah. if I had my me, me, my drive and their balls then it would be great you know I'd just be like I'm doing this that's what I'm doing everyone else get out of my way I, maybe I'm doing that anyway I probably do that anyway I feel I probably I'm probably like doing that I think I'm, you're doing just fine if it helps so you it know it doesn't but thank you thank you <laughs> Thank you for saying that, but it does not help at all. <laughs> well, with regards to things that can you can do relaxing. Sorry if my uh, phone interrupts with the the microphone here. It's more saying that for the uh, for the listeners <laughs> rather than yourself because you might yeah. not hear it anyway. But um, I don't know if you've got an iPhone or whatever. But um, I use I use this app called Happy Color, and it's spelt color 
without the American way rather oh, than yeah. our way. But basically, it's like you've got all these. It's kind of it's almost like coloured by numbers, but it's electronic. And I use that quite often to kind of uh, relax and just lose myself because you know you're sort of like creating this picture and you're looking for all of the number ones, all of the number two, you know, and so forth. Obviously, so yeah. I mean, it doesn't you get mean. You- color in on the app yeah yeah so yeah so it's um you know they've got all different themes and whatnot as well so well that's a great segue and i'll tell you why because we do a coloring book uh, Ah. as as part of it so um if you go onto our bandcamp page which is deathandgloria.bandcamp.whatever yeah, bandcamp is .com or <laughs> I don't even know where it is. <laughs> I send that with such confidence, and then I just build uh, on the, halfway through that sentence. Uh, Deathandglory.com. You can also get it, um, and the, you get the physical bundle for twenty five pounds. Uh, you get the comic book, and you also get the coloring book, which is um, twice as many pages as, as the comic is because we made it bigger. Ah, uh-huh. um, and the and you also get the ID card. So. Um, I don't want to go into a whole big sales thing right here because I want to talk about the coloring book, but I will. Uh, the ID card uh, has a QR code on it, and that's how you get onto the members-only website. And then there's lots of that's where you download your music from. But you can, you'll also get special features like the live album launch video, and then the full animated comic will only be available on that. And it comes with a pr- very nicely printed lanyard. So. <coughs> Um, but anyway, uh, we have this comic book, so maybe I should just get some coloring pens and just color my own coloring book. Is exactly. that what you're telling? Is that what you're telling me? Like I should just do that? Well, I mean, they do say that coloring in can be quite therapeutic. So instead of you know sitting there doing yoga or um, well not sitting there because obviously with yoga you need to move, but yeah. uh, or meditating or whatever, that might be your form of meditation to um. Just lose yourself in colouring. I mean, yeah. My- <laughs> see, see my, my practical brain is just going, that is time that you could be learning more guitar. That's really it. You know, yeah. you could be doing more on guitar. And I, but maybe I just don't play guitar enough anymore. You know, I've been caught up in all this animation and trying to earn money as a freelancer and this pandemic. And I've barely touched the guitar. So I think, I think... Guitar playing is my color, is my meditation. Because I remember, maybe I was just happier when I was playing guitar <coughs> more. Maybe I should do that. I should do that. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just even if it's just an hour a day or a couple of hours a week or whatever, that you just sit there and you do one of those two things, then, you know, but coloring in your own, your own book, I mean, that's... That's got to be therapeutic because then, you know, you can go, you can show people, you can put it on the fridge and you can go, I did this. <laughs> There's no way, if I put it on the fridge, no one will see it. I mean, this, like, that but I could put it on Instagram and then have other people colour in because we've sold like uh, all the pre-sale album stuff Yeah, got sent out with the colouring book. So there's people with colouring books out there in the ether. So I could just work, I could just have them all put stuff on Instagram, really, couldn't I? You absolutely could. Yeah, you could make it into like a little competition type thing, but, you know, like a fun one rather than a competitive one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll probably do that. That sounds like something I could definitely do. And then, you know, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting I, your name out there as well at the same time. So you kind of use it, you know, for promotional point of view as well. Yeah. I never, I don't put enough stuff out. You, you'd be, I mean, you'd think with all the stuff I have 
available to put out that I would put out more stuff. But I actually am terrible at posting. Oh, I'm just awful at it. I just hate it. I just don't don't hate it. It's so weird because I'm actually employed by other people to do their social media for them. <laughs> but, it, but it's easier when it's someone else's stuff because they yeah. give you the content and then you put it out and that's easy. But when you're creating your own content, it's difficult. And I uh, was doing live streaming for the band like three times a week. And I stopped live streaming just to get the album out and all on all of that and take uh, August off. And I suddenly feel like I don't put out any content at all because I've, I have stopped live streaming. But we're going to start live streaming again September, um, probably mid-September, and then uh, start doing original gigs, music gigs, because I can do those alone. They are very easy to do alone. It's just me and my guitar, and I'll make some graphics, and I'll be inside my own comic books and stuff on Twitch. Um, and I'll probably do it on Bandcamp as well this time, and probably bits on Facebook just because most of my audience lives on Facebook. Yeah. Um, but then then I'm, I feel like I'm moving forward because I'm responsible for my own music, you know, when you're yeah. live streaming. And I can I can gig every week because it's my, my, my live stream. I can do what I want and I'll be gigging every week. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I see also with um, some people's live streams as well that you've got like a donation part as well. So you could, you know, they, they say, oh, buy me a gin and tonic or whatever yeah. you know <laughs> so maybe well, you could it. do that so like twitch has taken so like there's money you get money from the performing rights society when you play gigs like ah. you, you you can report to them that you've done shows and what you've played and then they give you a little bit of money and normally it's about a hundred pound a year i would get from the shows i do it's not a lot but it's something yeah um and then you know you get a little bit of money from youtube and you get a little bit of money from Facebook and all this kind of stuff. So it's, it's all good. It all comes in. Um, and Twitch, obviously the PRS money didn't happen in the last year because nobody was playing any gigs. But Twitch has overtaken the money I received from PRS. So I probably was getting like £160 a year from Twitch. Um, when I was live streaming all the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's money to be had there, even without donations and whatnot. Uh, people just um, subscribing and whatnot yeah. and ad revenue. So there's a little bit can be happen from there. And I just need to put more time and effort into that because that I can control. I can control that completely. Well, like you said, we need to get you a marketing person, basically, don't we? Yeah, we do. So, yeah. yeah. So marketing. Yeah, got people screaming outside now as well. Fantastic! So all these different noises. Yeah, so I don't have a. I should just say I don't have a lot of money to pay a marketing manager, but I will put commission is definitely. I mean, I'll pay them. So I will pay them something to get started. You know, but uh, it's commission. It will do a, a, a. It will do money and commission. Money and commission for a marketing person. Well. It's also experience as well. So, you know, it could be an intern or whatever we call them. <laughs> you know, young people are far better at a lot of the stuff than older people because I've interviewed a ton of people over the last year and a half and the youngins know a lot more than the olders about what's going on. So, yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, my nieces know a hell of a lot more than I do. So, <laughs> and they're, well, they're about 18 years younger than me. So, you know. There we go. <laughs> but, but then they grew up with it, so it's all good. Yeah, we're, we're 
probably brainier in other ways, maybe. <laughs> well, the life experience is a, a, like I have. A, I've got a ten years between me and my partner, and and he's very intelligent. He's super intelligent. He's mm-hmm. crazy intelligent, a very high IQ. But that ten years of experience really does. There is a gap there, you know, and it, you know, it's got something. Experience is worth it because life is hard, and life is suffering. If you're a Buddhist, or if you're any kind of awake animal, I think, and uh, it's just hard, and it gets harder the older you get. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think in that case, on that note, this is a good place to end this week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> but Galina, um before we before we wrap up, um what is your social media information so people can go across and find you and whatnot? The easiest way to find everything is to go to deathandgloria.com and then at the top of that website everything is linked. So whatever your favorite channel is, we're probably on it. Yep. Unless it's Pinterest, because you know. That who's on that? Who's on that? I'm on LinkedIn, but I'm a professional page. If you want to employ me to do things, and I do everything, Um, I do a little bit of everything. If I can make money doing a thing, I'll do the thing. So, but I'm basically working in animation, audio, and videography and stuff like that now. But I do a little bit of everything. Oh, brilliant. Well, and if you, But I really want to come and play people's houses. So if you want a house concert with either myself or the whole band, then email us at info at deathandgloria.com. We'll come and play your back garden or your living room or whatever. That sounds like a plan. Uh, you know, if we, if we put the speakers up right, uh, right loud as well, we can piss the neighbours off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, other thing, the other thing I can do is like put everybody on headphones so I'll have a silent disco where it's ah. the loudest thing would be my voice if it was just me coming. So uh, it's all to play for. It's all to play for. Yep. Just come and check us out, deathandglory.com. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I recommend as well. So um, I was going to ask before, you know, on, on when, as a final track, would it be okay for us to play Battle Stations at the end yeah. of this episode? Of course. You yeah. can just go ahead. Yeah, because that's I, a... Yeah, I really, really like that track. I mean, I like all of them, but that one I really, really like. So, oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, it's the first single that we released. Um, Battle Stations is actually about Northern Ireland. It's about um, trying to come to terms with what I grew up in at yeah. the time. And then the London riots happened, and that's when I wrote the song because I was a little bit worried that it was it would be easy for us to for northern ireland to happen again in in london or in yeah. this area so that's where all that came from so yeah there you go. well there you go deep and meaningful stuff so and you know really worth a listen so i know i, I know i keep saying that but i truly mean it so um in that case then i think that we've been talking enough codswallop this week i have been Gemma. And I'm Galena Wren from Band Death and Gloria. Yeah! yeah. Rock and roll! Rock and roll!
like a stone